Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Yes, he is. Doug Oster, DougOster.com, part of the Rob Pratt Sunday morning lineup at Odyssey, 100.1 FM, AM 1020, KDK. If you have a question for Doug, uh, give us a call, 866-391-1020. That's 866-391-1020. And if you're the 10th caller right now, you'll get a $25 gift certificate to Sorgles in Wexford at 412-922-1020. Mr. Oster is bittersweet because it's that time of year, is it not, Doug? Good morning. <laughs> Yes, it is bittersweet to take those tomato cages out, out of the vegetable garden and put them back into storage. It's always exciting to put them out, but always a little bittersweet to to take them and and put them behind the fence. That's where they go. Uh, yeah, I've been working in the vegetable garden. This all should have been done already, but you know how it goes. So cleaning things up, making sure everything's out of there, throwing pepper plant into the compost pile and anything that's left that was annual but i'll talk about it a little later but i've been doing a little bit of planting too um, under protection with some cold frames and such even though it's awful cold out there uh, cool weather crops and all sorts of other things can be planted now uh, when i was cleaning up the garden i actually picked some late figs which is exciting uh, i do have some information and we'll talk about it in the next week or so about uh wintering over those fig trees I do it a couple different ways, and believe it or not, I still have some pineapple sage, at least yesterday, I haven't looked out this morning, that was still blooming. This stuff has really been tough for me after all the other annuals are are, are gone. That pineapple sage is still going. I, I took some of it and put it in, the, in my unheated greenhouse. I've got an unheated greenhouse filled with all sorts of annual hanging baskets and impatience and anything that was in a container that I could drag in just to get another month of enjoyment out of them and uh, I'm still planting garlic also and if you planted yours earlier and I planted another uh, a crop earlier and it's popped up that's not a problem don't worry about that I'm getting a lot of questions about that you know they can pop up once get cold and pop up another time and still not affect the size of the bulb so there's no big deal but as I said I'm still still planting garlic I've got a ton of, of Janoski's garlic to get in the ground and I've been you know giving it away to some people if you're Interested in, in growing some garlic and we can hook up? I might have a little extra for you. Uh, bulb planting also continues. And I've seen bulbs at nurseries, well, right down the road from me at Han Nursery, half price. And I'm sure a lot of other places are discounting them too. I'm warning you, if you do not buy these bulbs, I'm going to. <laughs> I'll go in, you know, as long as the ground isn't frozen solid, I'll go in and I'll make an offer on whatever's left. And that's even though I have hundreds and hundreds of bulbs to plant yet. But I'm not worried because I've got that 
power planter auger. I talk about it a lot, and I just want to remind you, power planter is not paying me to say anything about this auger. I, I've used this thing for years, and I love it. And if you're interested to see what exactly it is, I've posted it at, at uh, DougOster.com, uh, showing what it looks like, how I use it. Uh, it makes bulb planting easy, and certainly in my landscape, I am looking at deer-resistant bulbs. And if you haven't planted bulbs before, daffodils are one of the easiest things to plant because nothing eats them. They're tough as nails. Uh, they'll come up for you in the spring and kind of be that harbinger of spring. But there's other things, too. There's these uh, little bulbs called Glory of Snow. Uh, they bloom right after the uh, the crocus bloom. And, again, the deer, you can't ever say they're never going to eat it, but they've never eaten it in my garden. They walk right by it. Uh, something called fritillaria, and fritillarias are one of those bulbs that if a nursery has them, they'll probably be left over this time of the year, and if you see fritillarias, get them because the deer don't like them, and they can be so many different shapes and sizes. There's a uh, one called crown imperial that's this big, giant, three-foot-tall orange or y yellow bloom, depending on which cultivar you get, but there's also these little purple flowers, too, and then one of my favorite bulbs to plant are these little bulbs called snowdrops because they're one of the first things to bloom in the spring. Uh, winter aconite also is another one that just they'll, they'll bloom during a thaw, you know, in the middle of the winter, January, February. They'll they'll bloom and it's just wonderful to extend the season. I got a whole list of my favorite bulbs at dougoster.com, so take a look. Uh, I posted a story that got uh, quite a reaction uh, on my social media, and I wanted to talk a little bit about it called The Last Rose. And uh, those of you that watched my videos, uh, video, uh, gardening videos, for years saw Max the Wonder Dog following me around. He was a great buddy and passed away last year, and a dear friend gave us a yellow miniature rose. And for, you know, at the time I had it in the greenhouse, and I moved it out in the garden. I didn't pay much attention to it. And Every once in a while, I get a bloom, and I cut it off and bring it in and show it to my wife and say, hey, it's from Max's Rose. And then just uh, a week or so ago, I looked at that plant in the container, and it just had a little bud on it. I threw it into the unheated greenhouse, and a couple days ago, it bloomed. And so it doesn't make me sad. It makes me happy. It's a, it's a, a good memory. And I, I guess that's part of the, 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 the good part of gardening, you know, the the, the, the feelings you get from these different plants. Uh People often ask me, what should I plant? What should I plant? And it, it, they all, all these plants in my garden, most of them, have some kind of special meaning for somebody or a friend gave me a plant or it reminds me of somebody. Not always, but there's lots of cool stuff in there. That's kind of one of the cool things about gardening. Now, my February trip to Costa Rica is sold out, but I still have a few seats left for my May trip to England and Holland. In England, we're seeing... The Chelsea Flower Show, and it, it is just, you know, an amazing day of gardening, gardening, gardening. They have this indoor area, the Great Hall, filled with every plant you can ever think of growing in its prime. So next to fall-blooming asters are daffodils blooming in their prime. I have no idea how they do it, but it is fun to see. Uh, in Holland, we'll also see Kew Gardens and then a place called Sissinghurst Castle, which is cool. They have a famous white garden. And after we're done in London, we're headed uh, on the Eurostar over to Holland for my big bucket list part of the trip. 
you know, yes, in Amsterdam we'll do a canal cruise, a food tour of the city, and the, that, that'll be fun. But every 10 years, uh, the gates open to this international horticultural exhibition called Floriad, and it's this 143-acre town which is reconfigured every decade just in a big celebration of gardening. And I've got up some pictures, and it's, it's just like artists rendering pictures. We don't know exactly what's going to be there at DougOster.com. So take a look if you'd like to come with me. Like I said, it's it's getting close. we got seats left, but you have time to think about it. And later this morning, Mrs. Know-It-All will give us a great list of trees for small gardens. And I think that's a great idea. Mrs. Know-It-All and I talk uh, during the week and, and, and kick around ideas, and she comes up with what, what she wants to talk about. I, I just I will love to hear about trees for small gardens because that's one of the problems you know this time this time of the year we're still in tree planting season i'm going to talk about the right way to plant a tree later in the show but you know people are surprised that it that we're, we're still planting but there's a reason especially for trees at this time of the year is just perfect and i got some tips for for that now so i'm interested to hear what mrs know-it-all has to say and then i i have been continuing to plant in the garden but under protection and so yesterday I planted butter crunch lettuce, uh, winter bork kale, some collards, a thing called uh, corn salad or corn mache, which is a, a cold-loving green, uh, some spinach, and I've got them in something called a cold frame. It's a just an unheated greenhouse that I've built out of out of uh, rough-cut cedar, and it has a, a clear lid on it, and it just it acts as a greenhouse. It's, it's uh, angled at 35 degrees facing south to try and get the sun and a real easy way to have some protection and i talk about this all the time is go to your local hardware store and get a three mil thick plastic drop cloth that's the thickest that at least my local hastings hardware has those guys help me out a lot i'll tell you <laughs> but that drop cloth has uh worked for me with some some support over cold cool loving plants like like those vegetables and i use that all over the garden and it's, an, it's a great way to extend the season. I love being able to go out there in the winter and, and pick some kale, pick some lettuce. Uh, as I said, it's very exciting. All right, Rob, we ready for a break? Yes, we are, Doug. And listen, we're ready for some calls. So we got some lines available. If you have a question for Doug, you want to join us, the number is 866-391-1020. Agora Cyber Charter School is offering virtual open houses for the 21-22 School year, once enrolled, students receive a computer, printer, and all materials needed for their Agora education. Register for an open house now at agora.org. Yeah, he is, and we're finally starting to get some calls. So as we await those calls, Doug's got some stuff he wants to talk about, from cover crop to the Pittsburgh Botanical Garden ornamental grasses, and maybe even if we have time, a couple of listener questions. Doug, go right ahead. All right, Rob, you can feel free to interrupt me if you get a call. And, yeah, I was out at the Pittsburgh Botanic Garden, and I've been getting lots of questions about ornamental grasses. And so when I was out at the Pittsburgh Botanic Garden, uh, Executive Director Keith Kaiser was saying he cuts his down now because he does not want all those uh, brown bits blowing all over the lawn. And I have a friend that does the same thing. He's got an incredible stand of thick ornamental grasses on his property line that gives him privacy but if he left those up they would just they would you know little flakes of tan colored dried grass would be everywhere and 
in my garden, I do the opposite. I, lo- I love the, the look of ornamental grasses uh, in the landscape during the winter against the snow, and I'm in the woods. So wherever those blow, it's no big deal. And so you can do it either way. It depends on what you want out of your garden. And and as I said, for me, it's just it's great winter interest. And kind of along those same lines as a late-season garden job uh, is something called a cover crop. And believe it or not, it can be fine this late in the season. Uh, winter rye is one of the easiest to find, and it's just a flat-bladed grass that you throw down now. It sprouts. It holds the soil in place. You know, this is something we'd use normally in our vegetable gardens. Basically, it's a green manure. We're going to throw it in. It's going to sprout. It's going to hold the soil in place because you can lose you know, a quarter of an inch or more during winter for erosion. If you're not cover cropping, you have a really nice, you have really nice uh, composty soil in the vegetable garden. At least put some mulch on it so you don't lose any of that. And so the cover crop holds it in place. It's a great place also for beneficial insects. And then in the spring, if you're a tilling gardener, you would just till it in. And as that decomposes, that adds uh, a green manure for you. You know, if, if you, it's a great idea if, if you can't bring in wheelbarrow after wheelbarrow of, of compost, but it's also a way to get the soil improved yearly by doing this and, as I said, holding that soil in place. Now, when I was out at Janoski's and Mike Janoski and I were driving around the fields, I'm always interested to hear how they're growing different crops. And before he plants his garlic, he's growing buckwheat, which is another type of cover crop. And again, he'll cut it down, till it in. It'll come up again from the seeds. He'll do it again. And that is is adding nutrients to the soil. And however you're going to do it, whether it's a cover crop or adding compost, that's just the number one thing we can do as gardeners is to is to improve that soil in any way we can. And cover crop's an easy way to do it, especially this time of the year. You know, everything's out of there. You toss down some seeds, and you'll have this flat-bladed grass sitting there all winter long. All right, Rob, any calls, or you want me to keep going? Keep, keep going, buddy. Oh, boy. Come on, people. 866-391-1020. I want to talk to No, I'm, listen, I've got some things. Let me jump in here a little bit, you know, get my two cents worth in. You know, so is it time for that final cut of the year when it comes to your lawn? Definitely. That's a great question because I have been getting that question a lot, too. Yeah, this is, this is about it. And when you do make that final cut, you want it to be a little shorter than you, what you normally do. Now, you know, we always say we don't want uh, a putting green. But if you're used to keeping your grass around three and a half, three inches, just, you know, another half inch shorter for that last cut, uh, you know, I'm dealing with the leaves. And so uh, I don't want leaves on my grass. I leave the leaves, leave the leaves, yes, leave the leaves on all my ornamental beds in the vegetable garden. I leave those uh, those leaves in place. That's, a, you know, a great thing to do for, you know, beneficial insects and, and all the all the native uh good bugs but you know you can't smother your grass and you got to keep the walkways clean you got to keep the leaves off the driveway off the patio and so in that case they're moved but in 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 my case since who knows when sometimes in the 30s or 40s people have been sweeping leaves over the side of the uh uh the hill and there's just a big pile of leaves and if i need compost quick I can dig to the about halfway through that pile, and then I get this good, 
uh, called leaf mold. It's just uh, don't let the word mold scare you, but it's just uh, composted leaves, and it's great. And so, yeah, keep the leaves off the grass. Do that last cutting, and uh, thank goodness it's the last time we have to cut. I didn't have to cut my grass that much this year because we had that dry spell. Anything else from you, Rob? Yeah, real quick, about a minute before the break, and we're getting some calls now, and we'll get to them right out of the news. So when it comes to, you know, seedlings and planting inside, taking that garden from the outside to the inside, maybe some quick tips for people who want to keep it going during the winter months. Yeah, you know, um, if you're bringing something in, just be sure you're not bringing in some kind of pest with it. Uh, Like I said, my stuff went into the unheated greenhouse. I keep an eye on it. There's two things you could use one or the other. You don't have to have both, but for anyone growing stuff inside, eventually you're going to have some kind of pest. So two organic controls that I love, one is called horticultural oil, easy to find in any nursery, as is insecticidal soap. Safe for us, uh, and just we coat the bad bug with it, and that will solve any problems for indoor growing, Rob. All right. Uh, tenth caller right now wins an incredible gift certificate to Janoski's. They're getting ready for that Christmas open house, uh, December 4th and 5th, the toy drive, all sorts of exciting things happening. Tenth caller right now, 412-922-1020. So I was good for my two questions that I get a year, and now it's your turn, folks. And we've got every line lit on hold, ready to go for Doug. Let's say hi to Nancy in Arnold. Hi, Nancy. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Okay, my question is, uh, my son brought home this fruit from a tree, and this tree grows around uh, western Pennsylvania. It's uh, green in color with bumps. This fruit is green in color with bumps all over it, and um, it's uh, claimed to keep spiders away. Now, when you cut it open, it has a sticky substance inside of it. Do you know the name of this tree? I do. It's called Osage Orange, and the fruit is about the size of a softball. And as a young child growing up in Warrensville Heights, Ohio, we used to fight with those, and they hurt. <laughs> and they are uh, are said to repel spiders. Whether that works or not, I don't know, but... I mean, as long as I've known Osage Orange, and we had another name for them. You know, you can look it up. You, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can say it on the radio. Well, and, that's how uh, I felt, too, because he, he did give me the name of it. But right, right. I, I didn't want to so say it on the so air. Bad, but, yeah, it's not so bad, but I don't know nowadays if we can say the words. Uh, anyway, okay. um, I'm not so sure if it Osage does Osage Orange. Yes, I'm not sure if it actually does repel spiders, but people think it does. So uh, it's a pretty cool tree, though, uh, and, uh, you know, I'll always have a, an affection for, for those those big giant uh, fruit from, from that tree. All right. Let's... Uh, Nancy, Nancy so, thanks so much for your call today. Let's go to um, Joe Falling Waters. Hey, Joe. Oh, yes. Um, I have a boxwood hedge that's mostly wood <laughs> and I don't want to either trim it back or um, uh, I'm not sure what to do with it. So at this point we don't want to do anything to it. Uh, it's too late in the season. We would not be trimming that. Um, one thing to ha, has it looked like it's had disease problems or is it just kind of uh, tired? Do you think what, if you were, I think guess, it's, just, would... it's just tired. It's they're about six, over six foot high. Wow. So, yeah, in the early spring, when things warm up, 
Um, there's a, a great uh, granular fertilizer uh, called Garden Tone, and it's organic. It's easy to find. It's inexpensive. It's from a company called Espoma. They've been doing this since the 1930s, and just sprinkle some down there for your first application in the spring. And always when you're applying any fertilizer, uh, always, always just look at the application rate. Uh, don't put too much on because the plant can't use it. Then it ends up just being in the, uh, you know, storm sewer. So give it some fertilizer in the spring and then maybe a little later on in the season also a lighter application. And you'll bring back, you know, as long as the plant is not diseased, uh, boxwoods are pretty tough, and they'll do their thing. All right? All right. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Nick up next for Doug Oster on the Organic Gardener Show. Hi, Nick. Hello. Hey. Hey, I was just trying to find out how do I uh, look up the, the, the trip you're offering in May to London just, and Holland? It's, uh, it's DougOster.com, D-O-U-G-O-S-T-E-R. It's up there now. You can see all the details. There's also like a little uh, webinar we did. It, it just goes through every stop that we, we make. And there's a full itinerary there to show you everything. And then through that, DougOster.com, if you have questions, just send me a message, and I'll, I'll help you out with those questions. It's going to be a wonderful trip. Um, you know, I've been to London two other times. You know, the funny thing is, actually, I just found out in London – at this uh, museum called Victoria and Albert Museum, they have the office of Edgar Kaufman from Kaufman's uh, that Frank Lloyd Wright designed. Some For some reason, <laughs> they have his office, and I've seen a picture of it. So when I'm in London, I'm going to try and do a story on that. But, yeah, just go to DougOster.com. Lots of stuff there also about gardening and uh, saving seeds and planting garlic and six harvests from garlic, all sorts of cool stuff there. DougOster.com. Let's go to uh, Ed up next. Hey, Ed, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good, sir. I have a quick question about ornamental grass. We have ornamental grass on our hillside that we planted years ago, and it comes up real nice every year. And every fall, I cut it way down to the stuff, and then it grows back. Is it okay to just leave that, or should it be cut back? You can do it any way you want to do it. Uh, a lot of people will cut it down this time of the year just because they don't want uh, the mess, all the stuff blowing around. But you could do it in the spring. Uh, it helps to cut it down at some point uh, as it just encourages that, that new growth. But I have been uh, got overwhelmed in the spring where I'd never cut it down, and it still comes back. One thing to watch for in your ornamental grasses is when they get tired, they start to die out in the middle. And if, you, if you're if you cutting them back and you see that you only have grass kind of on an outside circle sort of look, uh, in the spring get in there and cut those pieces up and replant them, and that will reinvigorate your ornamental grass. So uh, it helps to cut it down, and you can do it either the fall or the spring. Okay, thank you. Thank you. All right, time for one more call before the break. Let's say hi to Donna. Hey, Donna, welcome to KDK. Hi, thank you. I know I don't have much time. I have a Chinese elm tree, and it's gotten big in the last three years. It was just planted three years ago. Part of it is hanging over the driveway, and I wanted to prune some of it back. Is this an okay time, or do I have to wait till winter? Well, we have to be sure that it is in dormancy. Um, we're probably pretty close. Uh, I would be tempted to wait as long as I could just to be sure uh, that 
you know, with a Chinese elm, I'm not sure about Dutch elm disease. I, I think they're pretty resistant, but just they are. Want to, yeah, I wouldn't want to prune that. You know, real quick, that's a really cool tree. Uh, and it is. and how, how was it that you decided on that one? Um, I was working with someone. I have a I have a big uh, like a turnaround driveway, and in the middle, I have. Um, you know, like an island, and I wanted something that would grow up and not too thick because I wanted some shade, but I didn't want the car, you know, my car to keep hitting it. And it's been perfect so far, but this year it's done well. So now it's getting uh, with some of the branches hanging too low. And also, if it snows, I'm afraid it'll break them off. They're really hanging heavy because they get like a heavy foliage, like a thick, Forwards like little bulbs. It's hard to explain. It's not a flower. Yeah, it is, it, as it gets older, it's really going to look cool as it has this exfoliating bark. There's a real, there's a mature specimen. Yes. On the on the campus of Chatham, uh, and you know Chatham University is actually a uh, uh, arboretum, and they got right. lots of cool plant plants in there. And that's the first time I've seen one. So good for you. Yeah, just wait until we're, we're sure that it's in complete dormancy. And then when you do make those cuts, depending on, on how big the branch is, usually we make a cut out about 12 inches first. We don't want to cut right next to the tree for that first cut. Cut out a little bit, then the branch will fall off. Now we only have 12 or 18-inch little uh, branch left. We can cut about a quarter inch from the trunk without worrying about tearing the bark or anything like that. All right? That's a cool right. tree. Thank you very much for your call. All right, we're going to take a break. But before we do, i got to tell you this. Listen to KDK Radio next week for your chance to win tickets to the recently announced uh, Billy Joel concert at PNC Park, August the 11th, 2022. Tickets on sale Friday, November 19th at 10 a.m. Details at kdkradio.com. Yes, he is, and it's that time again, Doug. Denise Schreiber is going to talk about trees for small gardens. What's on the list, Denise? Oh, there's all kinds of trees for small gardens. And they range from maybe 10 foot tall to about 30 foot tall. Uh, you know, not every garden is a postage stamp, but not every garden is a, a big McMansion with acreage either. So uh, two things I wanted to mention, two trees on this list, Japanese maples and dogwoods are best planted in the spring rather in the fall because they're slow to root out and get themselves secure. So those are two trees you want to wait till spring to actually plant. So um, I've got a a new dogwood called Raging Red. The flowers like deep, deep blood red. And then, you know, we have some of the natives that have some great cultivars. Uh, Redbud, there's one called Golden Falls, which is a weeper, and the foliage is golden. There's another one called Flamethrower that has red, orange, gold, green on it, and that's pretty cool. Then there's service berries, and they're a native plant. Do you know the story behind a service berry? So the service berry I do, berry I do uh, is, uh, but go ahead and tell it. Okay. Well, in the olden times, in colonial times, you know, um, they knew when the service berry was blooming that it was time to bury their dead because the ground was soft enough to dig. Oh. I'm, I'm not sure what they did with them the rest of the time, but that's the story. That's, that's and not the story I knew, like, so that's a new story. <laughs> oh, okay, well, it's, it's new and it's old. And then right. we have the Little Girl series of magnolias, which are a more shrub-like magnolia, and they get to be about 
12, 15 feet tall at the most, and there's different colors on them. We've got Cayenantis, which I don't even know the common name for it, but it gets these beautiful white flowers on them. It's just covered. You've got the um, pink horse chestnuts that have the really deep pink cones, and oh, yeah. they're less susceptible to disease like some of the other ones. You've got Seven Suns Flower. It's called Hepticodium. And there's Halesia, which ha- it's called Silver Bells. And the flowers actually hang down and look like little bells. There's a uh, lilac called uh, Ivory Silk. It's a very upright one. If you want to see one in person, uh, Jefferson Cemetery in Pleasant Hills, which is close to me, of course, has a really nice stand of them, and they're very upright, and the flowers are fragrant. And then you've got other ones like crab apples. So they come in every shape, size, and color you want. There's two that I like Uh, It's one is called Sweet Sugar Time, which is a newer variety of the old one called Sugar Time. And there's one that I just planted in my garden this year, and it's called Ruby Days. And that's D-A-Y-Z-E. And it gets great fall color. You don't always see great fall color on crab apples, but this is one that has it. So I'm really excited to have it in the garden this year. I had to replace it. What are the flowers like? The flowers, they're a magenta pink red. You know, now my you know, goal was I wanted a small tree that had good flowers and wasn't big because I have power lines, and I wanted fall color. And this one just ticked off all the check marks. You know, if you can, talk a little bit about Jefferson Cemetery because it's a place that you turned me on to, and it is, it is amazing. Well, um, it is actually considered a level one arboretum now, and you can drive through it uh, anytime and walk. People walk. So when you come into the the funeral homes right there, you want to go to the next entrance. And when you come in, if you make an immediate right and go down, you will see um, taxodiums. You will see a true locust, which is the straight species, not the ones that we use in the landscape. And it has thorns that are about mm, three, four inches long, red thorns that stick out of the trunk. So I guarantee the deer will never eat that one or rub it. (laughs) And then as you drive around, there's uh, different willows. Not willows, I'm sorry. There's a willow oak, which you normally don't see. There's a number of uh, flowering crabs throughout the area. There's an area uh, that has uh, huge bottle brush buckeyes. It's kind of in the back of the cemetery. And if you go up there when they're blooming, there's thousands and thousands of pollinators just all over them. It's a beautiful stand of them. I taught my daughter to drive there, and she now knows where the bottle brush buckeyes are. (laughs) (laughs) She got a botany lesson. And then, of course, right. okay. Go ahead. And and there, one thing they have, they have some urns that are from Pompeii. And I did a story on them, and I asked them. I said, "Well, how do you have these?" They said they've had them since it was established when it was a farm back in the 1700s. So nobody really knows how they got there to begin with. <laughs> wow. All right, Mrs. Know It All. As always, thanks for that great information. Jefferson Cemetery. It's a cool place. 
Now, I'll be answering questions after the show. If you didn't get through, you just go to DougOster.com. There's lots of information there, how to save seeds, which is something we're doing right now. I've got a list of plants with great winter interest, uh, planting garlic for six harvests, and details for that May trip to London and Holland. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.